Hey, my name is Fernie, and I want to welcome you to this episode of the Mid-City Church Sermon Cast as we finish up our Gather, Grow, Give series. Uh, I'm so excited for this episode. I've invited uh, Taylor, who's been preaching the last couple weeks. He and I had this awesome conversation. Um, he is up in uh, Kentucky going to seminary, and it was going to be kind of hard to record a sermon this week, and so we decided to have a, a virtual conversation. And, and, and I've got to tell you, it's a, it's a really good conversation, and I hope it's going to inspire you uh, to, to get started in your discipleship journey, to take a next step, and 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 to really see the importance of uh, what we do and how what we do makes a difference in this community and in this world. And so uh, I hope you enjoy this conversation. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and, and like I said, I hope it inspires you and challenges you. So get ready, because here we go. Well, hey, everyone. I am so excited to continue in this uh, three-week series on Grow, Gather, Give. And Taylor's been doing an awesome job uh, preaching about this and giving us a new perspective. You've heard me talk about it, but um, it's nice to hear somebody else talk about it and, like I said, give you another perspective on this. So, uh, Taylor, um, thank you so much for for doing this series. Thank you for having this conversation with me. But uh, I want to ask you, like, what what has this series been like? What have you liked about it? What are other thoughts you want to share? Yeah, it's, um, well, the series has been great, and I'm always thankful for the opportunity to kind of dig into things that are unfamiliar to me, and not unfamiliar, and, and like, we know about these things, but, um, you know, since I work at the campus downtown, and this is um, our Mid-City campus, it's just, uh, although they are connected, the, the values are different, and the way we do ministry is different, um, and so having to step out of the, the, the framework that I'm used to um, and explore a completely different framework of ministry um, has been, it's just kind of refreshing um, and really showing how, if you want to follow y'all's mission statement, how diverse the kingdom of God actually is um, and how different ways of ministry. I mean, it's, it's different means to the same end. Um, yeah. It's, it's, and that's, that's been really, really cool. And for me, exploring those kind of, um, uh, how do I say this? Like a, the Wesleyan underpinnings of, of it all to where um, you guys don't have the cross and flame on your, on your logo, but still a very Wesleyan expression of, of ministry um, mm -hmm. through the ways that I think John Wesley would absolutely be super cool with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. You know, it's interesting that you say that because one of the things that I really appreciated about your sermons has been you brought it back to like, this is a historically Wesleyan thing. And it, I find that inter not interesting, funny, because when I talk to a lot of church planters, everybody's like, this is such a new concept and nobody's doing this. And it's so innovative and so far in the future. And my response is always like, this is what we did a hundred years ago. Like, this is not something new. It's, it's the core of who we are as Methodists. And uh, it, it worked for us years ago. And I think in some ways we kind of strayed away from these things. Um, I was listening to a, a podcast earlier today that talked about how we became so programmatic. Like to be a part of a church meant you went to some sort of program like uh, a church dance or a singles class or 
um, uh, the the church pumpkin patch, um, and everything was about becoming so uh, everything became so programmatic, which brought in a lot of people, but we didn't really do the discipleship work of going deeper. And at, at our core, Wesleyans are about making disciples, about uh, helping people go deep, not about uh, doing programs that attract a whole bunch of people. So I really appreciated you going into that in your sermons. Yeah, well, because I'm, I'm um, and I guess my limited experience, I'm already pretty convinced that we're not going to come up with anything new. Um, it's just kind of rediscovering what has worked in the past that maybe can can work again now, because I, I think there are things that were done in Wesley's times in the, in the 17, 1800s that worked really, really well. And then they didn't work uh, in a, I mean, I guess you can pull out a ton of examples, uh, wartime environment, uh, low economic times, like there were different seasons of the world where it didn't work. And now we're looking at it saying, well, that, that actually might work, but it was done 200 years ago. Um, yeah. No one's going to convince me that they've come up with anything innovative or, new or, or no way. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think in many ways, it's just like a, a, like you said, a reiteration of, of what used to be. And I think a good example of that is um, the Wesleyan movement started with um, itinerant preachers. Like uh, they would, there, there's a better name for it, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. But they were like, if you were in a church, you would only hear a preacher once, maybe twice a month, uh, if you were lucky. And uh, what we've done now is you're only seeing me in person, uh, the preacher once a month but you're still hearing from that person and there, there's still a united mission vision that's being talked about in your small groups that uh, happens through a podcast that, that we're doing right now, happens through videos. That stuff didn't exist back then, but it's essentially the same concept, just using the tools and resources that we have today. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, um, let's, let's talk about uh, this week's topic. Um, I'm excited to talk about this because this is the one piece. So our third piece is to give. And this is the one piece that I have said for a while now that uh, Mid-City has been struggling in the most. Um, Not struggling in, but just the most. And and what I mean by that is um, during COVID, uh, it became really hard for us to do service things because we didn't know how many people could meet, where we could meet, how large, how small. I remember we went to, uh, uh, we did a hurricane uh, relief trip one day uh, over to, uh, over by Lake Charles. And I remember we were all working outside and we all had our masks on. Like it was so early on that we had no clue how this like COVID worked and there was all this fear in doing service. So what ended up happening for us is the service piece kind of slowed down. And in that process, we had to kind of identify what does serving mean? Uh, what does giving our life in service means? And um, we've kind of identified two things that that means uh, as far as discipleship goes for us at MidCity. So the first one is to become active participants, uh, both in the church and in the community, right? So how do we serve within the church? Uh, And for us, that means serving on hospitality team, on worship team, helping load the trailer, unload the trailer, set up the worship space, um, uh, setting up for events, all that kind of stuff, like serving within the church, I think, is a part of who we are called to be as Christians, but it can't be all of it. Like I never want us to be the type of Christians who everything we do is about what happens in the church. So the next piece, I think the bigger piece for me is how do we serve in our community? How do we care for our community? So I'm just curious, what do you think about those two? Uh, is there more that you would add? What do you think? Yeah, no, I mean that, gosh, I mean, there's there's so much you can unpack just with the word 
give. Um, and that really that for, for Mid City Church to have these um, three words that encapsulate everything that you you all do as a as a church body, uh, I think that three words that have been picked encapsulate so much and, and does it so well, right? The gather, mm -hmm. the grow, the give, and, and just like the gather and the grow piece, um, there's there's certain nuances that, that you all have, have given them that really allow to expand them into uh, things that people don't normally think, right? When we thought of, when we talked about the gather element last week, we really talked about, well, yeah, we gather for worship. That's just one piece uh, of, of the, like, I think like, like what you just said, like this holistic discipleship uh, pathway um, or lifestyle, you know? And so with the give piece, um, I, I agree with the, the two ways that you give. You give in service to your church and you give in service to your community. Um, I think I would add that an essential function of the church and probably what most people thought we would talk about, and I don't think we're going to spend hardly any time on this because uh, you guys spent a lot of time on this already, but, but when you're talking about give, I mean tithing uh, mm -hmm. and giving money, it, it is an essential function of the Christian life. Um, and, it, and it is, I mean, the, the church, it's how the church operates. Um, the church could not operate without followers of Jesus growing in their understanding of what it means to give monetarily, right? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's funny, I just, and that's probably all I would say about this um, when it comes to money. I mean, John Wesley has his very famous, and in his sermon, he, he, he wasn't very creative when he titled his sermons. I think it was his, just called On Money, or On the Use of Money, or, or something mm -hmm. like that, right? Um, his famous tagline is, earn all you can, save all you can, so that you can give all you can, right? Mm -hmm. So, so there is that Wesleyan undertone, if you will, in that. But, but really, I think the the focus of us as as followers of Jesus is in what what Mid City Church focuses on. That's giving your life in service to the church, um, and I would say that's about growing as a community of faith. So that, and that's just going to be for me. That's just ever present in this conversation so that you can give in service to the community. Um, mm -hmm. I was just, uh, a professor of mine just talked about how so many churches today are closing because they focus so much on giving their life in service to the church and what's going on inside of the church um, that they're, they're never focusing on, on how the only reason they're doing that, the only reason they're growing as a, as a church body is so that they can go out uh, and give their lives to service into the community, right? And again, that's this isn't new. We've been talking about this these past three weeks, and and it's it's not new to the church. But it's the goal of the church is to be so embedded in the community. Um, I kind of like what Reverend Brady has said before. You know, if if your church ceased to exist today, would the community notice? Mm -hmm. Right. And I think Mid City Church is so embedded in the community, and and the church gives so much to serve the community in all that y'all do. I mean, um, y'all put yourselves inside of different businesses um, and give yourself as maybe just patrons of that business, but it's still, you know, when you guys do community brunch, you, you gather um, and you give yourselves as patrons to that business. Uh, mm -hmm. When the leadership team 
served at the Hope Shop. You gave your time and you gave your service um, to help the Hope Shop and further their mission, which I think ultimately is furthering the mission of, of the church and, and the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. right? And so it, it's, I think those are, I, I agree, right? So the only thing I would add would be that money piece um, that we can't miss that. That's that's essential. Um, and then the, the growing as your service, you know, or giving um, in your service to the church, also essential, but really we're doing those things, those two, so that we can give to the community um, and and help give the community a glimpse of, of what the kingdom of God could look like, kind of bring yeah. them into that fold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I think the, the well, I have a mentor who always says, we're God's only bank account on this earth. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of, um, that, that can lead to a lot of conversations. But I do love that because in many ways, the stuff that happens in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in our cities, um, it, money is needed for those. And somebody at some point had to say, I'm not going to hold on to these resources. I'm going to give them away. Whether it's an organization, whether it's a person, uh, an individual, whether it's a community, like resources need to go from one group of people to another group of people when we're serve our community. And um, yeah, giving financially is so important. It's such a crucial part of uh, serving our community. Um, and I agree with you also like the so that, like that's so important too. Um, I think so many churches get stuck in uh, focused on themselves that they never go beyond them to themselves to the community. So like I'll own this. When I was in Chicago, I planted a, a worshiping community there with a couple of friends and everything we did revolved around worship. And so we try to find uh, volunteers to do stuff in worship. We found volunteers to be in the band. We found like, uh, people to give us money so that we can buy lights and fog machine and equipment and like all that kind of stuff for the worship service. And it was fun, but soon after we left, like the service kind of fell apart. And I, and I really do think a big part of that was we never focused on discipleship very much. We hope that that would just kind of happen naturally, that people would naturally start serving their community and start giving to uh, help bring about the kingdom of God financially. And those things don't just happen they're intentional things that we have to grow in and we have to be intentional about paying attention to how God is calling us to live into those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I would also add, you know, so I think a lot of times we can say, oh, you should give your life and service to the church and to the community, but that's, that's really vague and it's hard mm-hmm. to know, like, because a lot of people want to measure, you know, we, we have a lot of um, numbers, people, statistical people, um, you're amongst those ranks. I am, right? But a lot of people want to say, like, I want to measure, like, how much do I have to give? How much time should I give? And, and it's not about that, right? I think the measure is how we give um, to individual people and then ultimately to the community. And so another, the same seminary professor of mine, um, she said that, and I'm going to try to remember this correctly, but um, actually this wasn't even a seminary professor. This was the pastor. He's the pastor of Southland Christian Church uh, in Lexington, Kentucky. And I watched a sermon of his in a class. That's what it was. I want to credit the right person. Um, but lead pastor of Southland Christian Church. Uh, and, and he said that the, the direction that Jesus moved in was so important. And it's so important that we catch this direction. So Jesus came down and then he went out. Um, and the way that he went out and the same way that we should give our lives in service to individual people in the community is he would go out, he would meet the person, he would identify their need, 
and then we need to meet their needs, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think there are so many different needs. So again, we can go back to maybe a person has a physical need. I think the church is really good at that. Um, mm-hmm. I think Mid-City Church is really good at that. You, you, you all just did the canned food drive and the blood drive, and like you have met physical needs of people. Um, but that's just one part, right? So you can have a physical need, you can have an emotional need, right? So maybe someone just needs to um, be cared for, feel loved, um, have a have a calming presence with them. Like they have some sort of emotional need. You, if you can meet that, uh, or they may have a spiritual, and and and, and that that's really what we're getting. At. Um, if we can meet a person and form a relationship with them by maybe meeting some physical needs or meeting some emotional needs, maybe. They'll trust us enough uh, to begin to meet those those spiritual needs, and I don't think that's just you know our job as as church workers. Um, I think that is everyone's job. If you want to go to the kind of uh, sainthood of all believers that that Paul talks about, um, we are all mm-hmm. equipped uh, and, and really positioned to do that type of giving in our in the mm-hmm. community and, and in our circles. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I keep looking. I keep looking looking down because I have my got my Bible here and I keep thinking as you're talking about this I keep thinking about a concept that is important for us at Mid-City that I've been trying to like talk about a lot but in Matthew chapter 14 it's the story of uh, Jesus feeding the 5,000 and uh, I've always found this story very fascinating because the disciples go to Jesus right and they say like Jesus, these people, it's getting late. If they go any later, they're not going to be able to make it to a place where they can get food. They're going to get stuck without eating dinner, and it's going to be horrible for them. And uh, Jesus, the the answer Jesus gives them, uh, it's just like, um, I don't know, warms my heart every time. Uh, it feels like a Hallmark, Hallmark movie because he says, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. And like I just love that, right? Because it's this idea of um, Jesus recognizes there's a problem. The people are going to Jesus and being like, hey, Jesus, do you see this? Let's do something about it. And, and or do you see this? You do something about it. And Jesus is like, no, you do something about it, right? Like, I am going to do something about it through you saying, yes, you'll go do this. And I think that's, you know, for me, that's a representation of what it looks like to uh, be a person that gives, that we, we do have to get closer to Jesus. We do have to uh, pray and we have to trust in Jesus. But then we also have to play an active role in that. But I want to take that a little bit further because in chapter 15, the very next chapter is when Jesus feeds the 4,000. So uh, if you're not very versed, for those who aren't very versed with the Bible, we always know, we always remember the story of the feeding of the 5,000. In Matthew, there's two feedings, uh, two large crowds. And in the second one, Jesus goes to the disciples and he says this, he says, I feel sorry for the crowd because they have been with me for three days and have nothing to eat. Because I don't want to send them away hungry for fear they won't have enough strength to travel. And this is the disciples' response. Uh, His disciples replied, where are we going to get enough food in the wilderness to satisfy such a big crowd? Jesus said, how much bread do you have? They responded, seven loaves and a few fish. And so they give that to Jesus, right? And so this idea of in the first story, they were like, here's this issue. It's too big. Jesus, you take care of it. In the second issue, they realized, hey, this breaks Jesus' heart. I want to help fix it. So then they say, like, here's what I have to offer. Like, here's what I have, Jesus. Do with it what you can. And all these people are, are fed, and, and uh, there's leftovers in this story as well. But what, what I love about that is um, I think these two stories show what discipleship looks like, that uh, I don't want it to look like – I don't want you to think you're a bad person. If you ever 
come to church or come to a community or come to Mid-City in particular, and you say to yourself, well, I can't really do much. All I can do is be a greeter today, or all I can do is give some candy at Be Nice for 20 minutes, or all I can do is give $10. That's okay. Um, discipleship means I'm recognizing where I'm starting, and I want to see growth in that. And for me, that's what the disciples do in these two stories, right? They start off by saying, Jesus, you do something. And then in the next story, it's like, oh, hey, Jesus, here's what I have. What can you do with this? I want to play a role in that. And so that's what I love about service that I, that I want to make sure uh, everybody listening is clear on that. Um, when we talk about giving your life in service, it's not go to this standard and that's the only standard. It's just try it. Just start. Just uh, volunteer in a small place, give a little bit financially, show up to a service project, like do something that maybe is small, but feels huge to you. And then let that be your starting point to go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, and that is what Jesus is inviting us into and not a, it's all or nothing kind of thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I love that. It's almost, I don't know how to put this. Everything you said, like everyone's excuse um, I can only be a greeter. I can only give $10. I can only pass out candy and be nice. That still fits in the category of needs that we laid out. You met an emotional need by greeting at the door because you smiled at someone and told them hello. And they may have been having the worst week of their life. And they mm -hmm. needed that. Their heart needed that, right? That $10, we could show you where $10 goes in the life of the church, right? $10 buys food that we then donate to the food bank. You know, um, passing out candy at Be Nice, I don't know if I can place that in the physical need category because I don't know that anyone needs a lot of candy. Um, but it, I, if I had to peg it, I'd, I'd peg it there, right? And it's, but it's all about growing in our understanding of what we can give, not necessarily growing in what we can give, right? Because we may make the same amount of money for the rest of our lives. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we're not going to grow in the amount that we can mm -hmm. give, but it's growing in understanding I can give this. Or if I don't have money to give, I can give, like you said, to a service project. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's um, just to give a silly example, right? When I played football in middle school, yes, I did play football in middle school. <laughs> and you're going to get the end of this story of why I stopped. I grew in my understanding, right? But I was, I'm, I'm a smaller person. Um, I'm not a big person, uh, maybe 5'10", if I'm wearing some good shoes. Uh, and, and when I was in middle school, I was maybe 4'9", right? But I wanted to play football because all my friends were playing football. Um, and so my initial reaction was, I can do it. And then they put me in a certain position. I think they put me in like linebacker or something for whatever reason. Uh, and the first time I got hit really hard, I grew in my understanding that, okay, maybe that position is not for me. Let's, <laughs> let's shift around and let's, let's find a new position where I won't get hurt, right? And it's silly, but you have to put yourselves in different positions. Um, and especially in the in the giving aspect of discipleship, you have to put yourself in different positions. And while it may be uncomfortable at times, mm -hmm. uh, while you may feel like that just wasn't for me, you are growing in your understanding of of where God is calling you to give. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love that. You know, and I, I think of two stories really quickly. Um, in the book of Acts, it says that there's a group of people, and I, I'm not going to quote it exactly, but um, there's a group of people who's upset because their widows aren't being fed or aren't receiving the resources from the community. And the leaders in the church are like, well, that's not what we feel called to do. 
uh, find some people who do feel called to that and we'll bless them and do it. And, and so I love that, that like, um, serving is not a cookie cutter experience, right? So like you said, like you can find something that you love to do and you can do that. And that can be how you help bring about the kingdom of God, the diverse kingdom of God here on earth. It can be by greeting at the door. It can be by, uh, again, you said it, uh, $10 a month or a dollar a month, or it can be by showing up to every uh, hurricane relief project that we do, or every time we do the giving tree or backpacks or that kind of stuff, right? Like, what is it that you feel called to do? What do you feel? What is God calling you to do? But I also think of that story of, um, uh, you might have to quote me on this, but there's uh, they're, they're at the temple and the Pharisee like gives money and he's like outspoken about how like how good he is. But then there's this woman who like gives very little, but it's a lot for her. And uh, Jesus praises her for giving like, it's, it, it is a big sacrifice for her to give that. And this idea that um, to what you said, uh, for me to be a person who gives my life in service, I don't have to do this like huge gift or this huge commitment. Um, I just, I need to, uh, what is it that I'm willing and able to give in this season of life? And if it changes, you know, reassess that as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, those those two stories just came to mind as you were talking about that. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. the woman in the temple, I think it says, like, that was everything she had. I mean, that mm-hmm. was that was all she had to give. And the Pharisee gave, I mean, he, he probably, he, I think it even, it might even note this, like, he had more to give. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gave what he wanted to give. The woman that came gave everything she could. And while it was pennies, Jesus says it's worth more in, in, in the eyes of God than, than the other gifts mm-hmm. are, right? And so it's all about, like, just growing and understanding what you can give. Um, and then in a lot of different areas, there is a limit, but if you're giving everything that you can and everything that you have that uh, able to give, um, then, I mean, you're doing what God is calling you to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. So, yeah. So, you know, when we talk, when we talk about our discipleship model at mid city, we talk about growing in small groups, which was the first week that you, you, uh, preached, uh, then it was gathering in large groups, which you talked about that and how well, the importance of us gathering as community and then giving our life in service. And these three things, I really do believe, um, and you, you said this more beautifully than I will right now. So uh, go back and listen to it or when Taylor said it earlier. But um, these three things, I think, really encompass what discipleship means and looks like. And uh, they're they're intentionally broad in that I never want people to think I have to do these exact three things in order to be able to become a disciple of Jesus. Um, it's gather with some people. It's grow in your understanding of God. It's uh, learn to give and then keep going deeper every day. And and my hope has really been, as we continue to live into this discipleship model, that uh, people will be inspired to help bring about the kingdom of God in in more ways than if we just said, here's how we're going to do it at the church. Um, and, and we're starting to see some of that happening in the church. And so I told you earlier, like, this is the one piece where I think we've struggled the most. But uh, I wrote a post about this on my Facebook uh, just yesterday. Um, we handed out over a thousand pieces of candy at Be Nice. And this is like, Be Nice is a place, a safe place for families to show up with young kids. So we met so many little kids at uh, otherwise would have probably been unsafe to just walk around neighborhoods where there's cars driving around. Um, they had a safe place to go get candy. 
Um, we gave, we collected over 300 pounds of food for the Baton Rouge Community College Food Bank. Um, we partnered with LifeShare Blood Center here in Baton Rouge, and we say we donated enough blood to save 21 lives. And then uh, we do a giving tree every December, which is uh, sponsoring Christmas gifts for students at one of the elementary schools in Mid City. And we already have 17 people, 17 kids sponsored so far. And we just started this campaign. And, and kind of what I share about this is, um, this is what it looks like to help bring about the kingdom of God, right? It looks like, and you said this, it looks like donating blood because down the road, somebody's going to have a surgery or they're going to need a transplant and that blood is going to be the thing that saves their lives. Uh, it looks like handing out candy where a parent who maybe has no ability to buy candy, they can all of a sudden have a bonding moment with their kid uh, and they get a glimpse of heaven through that. It looks like uh, a student who has no money to eat dinner and they can show up to a food bank that gives them the ability to choose what they want to eat, not just being told what to get, right? And like they can have a meal that they can feel like they matter and like they're important. Like all of these things give people a glimpse of heaven. And that's my hope that through this model of uh, grow, gather, give, that people will be inspired to go out and help bring about heaven, that people can catch a glimpse of heaven, uh, that the people that um, we bring hope and peace into places that need it most. And I don't know about you, but um, when I look around, there's a lot of darkness. Um, uh, there's a lot of things that I look around and I say, this doesn't reflect heaven. Uh, this doesn't reflect the joy and goodness that heaven promises us. And I think we have two options, right? We can wait around and say, well, someday God is going to restore all this. And uh, until then, like, I'm going to, my hands are clean. I don't need to worry about that. Which in some ways, like, that's not a, that's not a false statement. God is going to come and redeem everything. But we are called to play a role in that, right? So instead of saying, I'm just going to wait until God does that. Uh, what does it look like if we say, I want to put myself in a position where I can help people experience heaven now and not someday? And that's what this model, I think, is. Is My hope is that it'll inspire us, every single person that's listening to this, um, to become that kind of person that gives people glimpses of heaven every single day. Yeah, and I kind of feel obligated to say this because I think I've said this the past two weeks. Um but this, this gather, grow, give, I think something when done um, with intentionality uh, and done because we are working, not, and this was kind of a verse I wanted to bring up, but it's, it's in Colossians. Um, but it, it says, work at it um, as if you're working for God and not for man. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, this, this is all for the kingdom of God. This is not for me. This is not for you. This is not for the people around us. Like it is in this give element. Like we do work for the people around us, but I'm going to use it again so that uh, we can bring about the kingdom yeah. of God. Cause it, it literally will change the world mm -hmm. if, if, if we're doing it well. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for being a part of this, really leading this series and having this conversation with me today. Um, question if anybody wants to connect with you or uh, touch base with you or ask you any questions is there a way for them to get a hold of you yeah so my cell phone is no i'm not gonna no, 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 i'm just kidding that'd be funny though um, I panicked. <laughs> um yeah i'm not much of a social media user i'm on facebook so taylor bacon on on facebook um but also uh my email is tbacon at, at firstmethodist.org 
Um, and that's probably the best way uh, to reach me and ask questions and um, any sort of follow-up conversation I would, I would love to have with anyone. Yeah, I love that. And um, I might regret saying this, but I'll say it anyway. Um, Taylor and I meet for coffee every Monday at City Roots at four o'clock, right? Yeah. Um, so if you ever like desperately want to have a conversation with Taylor and myself, meet us there at four o'clock. I'll buy you coffee. Bernie um, will buy you coffee. Absolutely. Yeah. He is called yeah. to give it that way. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and if we, you show up and we're not there, it's probably because too many people started showing up and we picked a new place, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we won't disclose until the next service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Taylor. Uh, is there any closing statements you want to say to our people? Yeah, no, I mean, I just, I really believe in what Mid-City Church is doing. Um, it's it's a, not new, uh, but it's a, a very a reinvigorated way of, of doing ministry and, and loving God's people. Um, and right. I just, I hope more people in Mid-City Church and outside of Mid-City Church will believe that and really buy into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Thank you very much. Well, uh, again, thank you. Thank you to Tiffany for letting you uh, jump on this for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, for those of you tuning in, Taylor and Tiffany are in um, Tennessee. Kentucky. Um, Kentucky, sorry. We're so close. Sorry. That's right. I That's should right. know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you're in Kentucky. Go, uh, you're in, you said it earlier, you're in class right now in person. And so you took some time off to jump on this with us. So I'm really thankful and I'm excited to see you back in person next week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We love awesome. Kentucky, but we love Louisiana more. So yeah. we're excited. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, you all have a good time. And again, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Mid-City Church Sermon Cast. If you'd like to dive deeper, visit midcity.church slash sermoncast to find a home sheet that goes along with this message. On the home sheet, you'll find scriptures, questions to wrestle with, and a challenge that goes along with this sermon cast. I want to invite you to support our ministry here at Mid-City Church by giving today. To give, text the word GIVE, G-I-V-E, to the phone number 225-307-0662. Thanks and see you next week.